Welcome back to the show. I'm Colt White. Not much going on this weekend, which is very unusual for this time of year. All we've got to talk about today, as you can tell by the title, is the Moonest Stakes. and have a couple of interviews as well on this one. Next week, it'll be very busy, though, again, with the Oklahoma Futurity Finals. Eight stakes races that night in Oklahoma City, then the Los Al Oaks that weekend. I believe the Mardi Gras Finals are next weekend as well. So a lot going on, and stay tuned for all that, and we'll get right into this episode right after this. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Dunn Ranch in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Standing leading 2022 second crop sire, A Revenant. Grade 1 winner and millionaire, Blood Money. Graded stakes producers, Dashmaster Jess and One Valiant Hero. Of course, the valiantly bred PYC Fun and Fancy going into his second crop now. And new in 2023, Power Jam has been a producer from Limited Starter so far and their very own In Hot Pursuit who has graded stakes placed himself. Dunn Ranch can also help you with mare foal-out services, embryo transfers, sales prep, and so much more. Check them out on social media, and you can also go to their website at dunranch.com to learn more. Dunn Ranch, success starts here. So here's a look at the Moonest Stakes on Sunday at Los Alamitos, a $40,000 purse, 400 yards the distance, and a field of nine in this one quickly look at the field here the one london toby london toby a graded stakes winner here owned by ed allred also the breeder scott willoughby trains jockey jesus ayala the two is shotgun owned by bobby cox heath taylor trains and jose nicasio will be up a multiple graded stakes winner here and grade one winner in shotgun the three is up and Adam. Another grade one winner here, owned by Ed Allred, Scott Willoughby Trains, Jonathan Roman up. Four, Stuck in Probate, a two-time graded stakes finalist, owned by Victory LLC, Valentin's Mudio Conditions, Jockey Ruben Lozano. Five is Dasha Dynasty, who will make his seventh stakes appearance, owned by Escorter K LLC, Juan Moya and Robin Gordon, Jose Flores Trains, Cruz Mendez. We the rider. Six is Dash a Good Reason, a three-time grade one finalist, another one for S Quarter K LLC, Juan Moya and Robin Gordon, Jose Flores Barn as well, and Araspo Gasca will have the ride. Seven is Cattail Cove, a 15-time graded stakes finalist in his career, owned by Ralph Newcomb, Juan Alaman Trains, and Armando Cervantes will be up. Number eight is Always, a stakes winner last time out, actually, owned by Board Short Stables LLC, Juan Alleman Trains, jockey Adrian Loza. And the nine is Famous Cartel Jess, a five-time stakes finalist here, owned by Johnny Trotter, Jose Flores Trains, jockey Irving Lara. So there's your field for the Moonist, and we'll have my top four selections, starting with the two, Shotgun. He's 7-2 on the morning line. Five-year-old gelding by Valiant Hero out of eye-popping by Mr. Eye-Opener, making his first start of 2023. As I mentioned before, a multiple-graded stakes winner, won the Heritage Place Futurity in 2020. He was also the winner of the Miss Polly Classic last year at Delta Downs. Also won the King William Stakes last year at Rotama Park and was a finalist in the TQHA Classic, the Labor Day Weekend 350 Stakes, and last time out, was second in that B.F. Phillips Jr. stakes at Lone Star Park. Had a bobbled start in that one, but still got up for second. Made the long haul out to Los Alamitos here for this one. 
will probably stick out there for most of the year too. This one's been on the board 72% of the time. He's an eight-time winner from the 18 starts and 580000 in earnings for Shotgun. Did put in a work on February 22nd, went 220 and 1240. That was the lone work on the day for Texas Bread Shotgun. Second, I'll go to the seven, Cattail Cove at 4-1. to one, A six-year-old gelding by favorite cartel out of Katie Catella by Separatist. This one's been on the board 80% of the time. Already out once this year. Was in the Flight 109 Handicap, ran second. Dueled in that one with Always, but was just out kicked. And that would always be right next door in the starting gate to Cattail Cove. One that is, as I mentioned, 15-time graded stakes finalist in Cattail Cove. Was in the Champion of Champions last year, ran sixth. Has been in a slew of graded stakes races and prestigious ones throughout his career, including the Vessels Maturity. And the Governor's Cup Derby lost out $2 million, actually ran second in that one as a two-year-old and third in the Governor's Cup as well in 2019. On the board, 80% of the time with 613000 in earnings for Cattail Cove. Third, I'll go to the one, London Toby at 3-1, to one, five-year-old gelding by favorite cartel out of London Laura by Walkthrough Fire. He's been out a pair of times this year. Was third in the trials for the Brad McKenzie Winter Championship. Then was eighth in the finals. Kind of got a slow start in that one and never really recovered against that field. Pretty lightly raced compared to every other horse in this one is London Toby. Did go on a little win streak with four in a row, winning a maiden back-to-back allowance races and also the first down dash handicap at the end of last year. Been on the board 87% of the time in London Toby. Actually, that Brad McKenzie Championship was the only time he's been off the board. 45000 in earnings for the California bread. And then for fourth, I'll go to the five Dasha dynasty at six to one, a cult by FTD dynasty out of Dasha Frida by Mr. Jess Perry. Again, making his seventh stakes appearance has been out a pair of times already this year has the Washington bread was second in the winter championship trials. And then fifth in the grade one finals drifted a, a little bit in that one. and was just out finished by the top two in that winter championship. Last year, had a successful year, running third in the Golden State Derby, won the Town Policy Stakes, and was also third in the Southern California Derby. As a two-year-old, was a finalist in the Golden State Million Futurity and third in the Los Al Juvenile Challenge, another one that's been on the board 87% of the time in Dasha Dynasty. 121000 in earnings for the Washington Bread with four career wins coming in to the Moonest. So on top, I'll go to the two shotgun, followed by the seven cattail cove, the one London Toby, and the five dash of dynasty in their fourth. Two, seven, one, five in the moonest. Good luck. Making his second appearance on the podcast, a multiple graded stakes winning jockey. Had a hell of a year last year and already on track to do that again this year. Please welcome Brian Candanosa. Well, first of all, I wanted to ask you about what was what it was like to be a part of that triple dead heat this last weekend. You know, it, it seems like in a lot of photo finishes, you see the riders, you know, talking with each other, saying, oh, did, did I get it? Did you get it? Did, was any of that going on, or was it just too close for any of you to say anything? <laughs> well, 
Well, let's talk about your Oklahoma Futurity Qualifier, starting with Pearl Hart, who had a very impressive trial effort. How long have you been working with her, and what did you think of her trial heat? It seemed like she really hit another gear there late in the race. That's got to make you excited for future races of hers going farther, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely what you want to see when you got finals two weeks later, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And how about Dodge City? What would you think of his performance, and is there anything you'd like to see him do better going forward? No, Dodge City ran against him as a qualifier. There was a lot of tailwind that, that race, but he didn't break as well, and then that horse ended up drifting out in front of him and kind of intimidated him, but he never quit. That's what I liked, and uh, – she felt really strong pulling up and coming back. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be a pretty tough one. It's going to be our decision. That's what I'm going to say. Definitely, definitely. Well, you know, I mean, like you said, the horse ran a good race and everything, but it almost just gets overshadowed because he was in there with the fastest qualifier. But I, I thought myself he ran one of the most professional races of the day. Yeah. You know, he, he left there just a tad late. He didn't really get away like I expected him to do. Right. Now, of course, you had Trace Crystals qualified at the Derby. Do you think he's changed at all since last year? Or, like, does he carry himself a little differently now that he's kind of a big shot? Does he got that in his head now? <laughs> Right. And do, do you think that little stumbling that he has a tendency to do, you think that's just because the horse runs so hard? Because you can see it on the race replays, how hard that sucker runs down through there. Yeah, he, he really, he breaks really strong. And, you know, that, the dirt's kind of loose, so it doesn't really help him much here at Remington, at least. And uh, he just breaks super strong, and that might be the cause why he stumbles. Last thing for you here, Brian. Last year, I, I lost count of all the places that you traveled to and ran and rode at and all that. So where are you planning on going this year? Kind of the same places? Yes, sir. Kind of the same places. Uh, looking for the, the opportunity every day. Where, wherever we get an opportunity, we'll, we'll go. You know, they open in that Kentucky track. So hopefully we get to go up there too and compete a little bit. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Flare Strips. When it comes to fractions of a second, all decisions are critical to achieve the best performance. Think like NASCAR, where your incremental improvements are made to get every possible gain. For example, a horse's stride at a gallop, a horse's breathing and stride are linked together. For every breath a horse takes, it takes one stride. This means anything that impairs breathing impairs stride. Likewise, anything that shortens a horse's stride will impair its breathing. A tool for optimizing stride, optimize the efficiency of breathing. Flare strips are clinically proven to make breathing easier because horses breathe easier. They can get most out of each stride. In addition, horses can serve energy, fatigue less, and bleed less. Flare strips are a tool to help horses be the best they can be. Visit flarestrips.com to learn more about the health and performance benefits of flare strips. Joining me now is owner of Oklahoma Derby qualifier Pink Kiss from last weekend. Please welcome Andy Rivera of Triple R Racing LLC. So let's start with how you got introduced to the racing industry and what was it that made you want to get involved? Well, uh, my dad was a match racer years back. Um, we loved the sport, but I never wanted to, you know, not that I didn't want to do the match racing, but I, I liked going to the big track. I've been doing, my dad's been taking me to All-American for shit since I was like 10 years old. So, you know, we kind of made it a, a yearly deal and I probably haven't missed an All-American. 20 years wow wow that's awesome now what track did you first start out at and out of the ones you've been to so far which ones have, have been your favorite Ooh. well we started off in the new mexico circuit um i pretty much did el paso Riddoso, um and hobbs i didn't really do albuquerque so this will be the first year we, we entered all the horses to the albuquerque uh deal obviously it got the million dollar race this year so it's raising a lot of uh, excitement over there so we decided to do that but i did last year i started doing uh, the texas circuit and that's where we had all the success with pink kiss so you know we're really starting to like that one too awesome awesome now let's talk about pink kiss and what what does she like to be around personality wise she loves the rest you know every i don't get to see her much but when i do we go out to the stall and uh, she'd always be resting. Like, I'm talking about laying down, look like she's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you kind of creep up on her and she'll get up. But as soon as you pull her out of that stall, I mean, she's all business, all class. And those are the ones I like. They keep themselves out of trouble. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my trainers say. Uh, you know, I say those are the best ones. The ones that know how to rest. They're not pacing back and forth. They're not nervous. They just, they know how to recover. Of course, you kind of touched on the success she had as a two-year-old. Can you kind of talk about all the success she did have as a two-year-old last year? I know she picked up an award at the end of the year. She did. She ended up getting the TKHA Silly of the Year. Uh, it was a little over $180,000. Uh, shoot, the next one that was closer, we had to beat by over 100000 So she won that up uh, hands down. Um, you know, she did get second at the TKHA uh, Fitzgerald. And, you know... She only got beat by Biker on a bye, which is, you know, a hell of a horse. So if it wasn't for that guy, you know, we would have took it. So we're pretty proud of her on that end. Also had a pretty good showing in the Sam Houston as well earlier in the year. Yes, she did. So she qualified us there. I think it was 130 head. And she was the second uh, trial. 
and posted the second fastest time of the day for the right off the bat, and she hung on, she hung on to it. So that was really good for us. What were your thoughts on her Oklahoma Derby trial? It looked like if the race was another ten yards, she might have got up and won it. You know, her her only flaw is she pauses a little bit coming out of the gates, and she's always catching horses. So we we thought, you know, if she broke even, even close to the other guys, that she had a real chance. And you know, Jason Driver, the trainer, he got it right uh, at the gates, and uh, you know, she's looking good. So she. Yeah, we thought she was going to catch. I mean, we really thought, like you said, another 10 yards, and we probably would have got it. Definitely, definitely. What else has she pointed to this year? Anything in particular? She's headed off to the Oaks. Uh, my buddy Marcus said he's going to go with the Heritage, uh, Heritage Place Derby in May, and then she's headed to the All-American Oaks in, uh, at the Mountain. Definitely. It's it's really good they've done more. Sorry. I said we're really looking forward to, uh, you know, running against Phillies. Definitely. I was just fixing to say that. I'm really glad there's more of these Phillies-only races. I mean, it seems like a lot of them can compete real well at two and sometimes three, but a lot of them seem to struggle at three. You know, I'm going to tell you, as a two-year-old, she only got beat by boys uh, in those big races. And actually, she was just one of two that would always qualify. So we're like, you know, and we can put her in the Phillies as a three-year-old. Uh, she can compete a lot more. You, you do have some good Phillies in there, though, so it's going to be it's going to be tough. Definitely, definitely. But that four hundred yards ought to sit her pretty well too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Last thing for you here: Do you have any two-year-olds that you're real excited about this year? I do. I actually I bought. You know, I'm into the breeding circuit, so I went ahead. We bought seven this year, and out of the seven, six of them are Phillies. Uh, we have two that are really looking really good right now. Uh, Daddy's Queen of Alice. Uh, she was a big purchase for us at the Select Sale. And then uh, a sleeper, what we called a, a sleeper, you know, she went for about 30 grand. Uh, her name's Untangled Queen. She's She's been working out really good. She's thrown out, I think, three workouts now, and they've all been in the top five. I seen you had one start the other day at Sunland, too, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We threw out, uh, it's an open bread, uh, Kiss My Hawks Philly. Uh, she placed fourth. Uh, she's little. she got short legs. So we said we better run her early. If she's going to have any chance, it's going to be at these 300-yard races. So, uh, you know, she did her thing, and she's going to get better. But she's, she is, unless she grows, she's not going to make it to the 400-yard races. Right, right. Speaking of the breeding side of it that you're looking to get into, uh what are some of the breeding on some of those two-year-olds that really struck your interest, you know, to keep as potential broodmares? Well, we do have Renica. Um, she qualified three fraternities, and then she qualified once as a derby as a three-year-old. So she's, uh, she's you know, she's got a lot of potential to throw out some good breedings. Um, we're, we threw Jesse James Jr. at her this this year, and then next year we, we're kind of doing other things with her, but... Uh, we also qualified uh, Smitten to a Derby at the end of her career, so she's gonna have some black type on her, and we're gonna we threw a Big Daddy Anna and I and King to her, so she'll be having two this year. Um, so we have uh, two open breads and two New Mexico breads this year, and next year we'll we'll have a, a handful of them. 
Well, that'll be it for this episode of the show. As I said at the beginning, make sure you stay tuned for next week where we'll have the Oklahoma Futurity Night preview of all eight stakes races for that one, the Los Al Oaks, El Primero Delano Derby, Mardi Gras, and Louisiana Downs stuff. So a bunch going on next week. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you next time.